Hello and welcome to a new year of Weekly MTG. I'm your host, Blake Rasmussen. I'm your co-host, Steve Sanu. Happy New Year. And uh, we're here with two stalwarts of uh, uh, R&D, uh, Sam Stoddard and Andrew Brown. Uh, we have a big show today. Yeah, lots all, of yeah. stuff to get through. Lots to talk about. Uh, you can see down at the bottom, if you follow along, well, there's our names. <laughs> yes, you can now see our names. <laughs> our names and our Twitter handles. Uh, but even further below that are all the things we're going to talk about today. Yeah, lots of things, Blake. And we're going to start with some of Sam and Andrew's favorite Ravnica Allegiance cards. Yeah, and I want to point out, we've, we're going to go through this <laughs> thoroughly. But we are <laughs> going to save time at the end for news. We've got some, we've got some news. We've got some bonus previews as well, yeah. so cards that wait, no one's wait, seen yeah. before. More new cards? More new cards. So the full set is going to be revealed tomorrow, 8 a.m., dailymtg.com. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but we're going to reveal a few more cards today. And then, uh, yeah, we've got some news about some, some new stuff coming out. So uh, everybody that's, that's tuning in, you haven't missed the news, yeah. stick around, look at the ticker. Down there. And this is the best yeah. part anyway. We're going to talk yeah, to the people who yeah. make the cards about the cards. We're way more important than the news. Way more important than the news. <laughs> Let's get started with our first card. So Andrew and Sam sent us a mm -hmm. list of some of their favorite cards mm -hmm. from Ravnica Allegiance uh, that they were excited to talk about. So they sent us a list. We're going to go through the list, and we're just going to talk about all of them. And what I love about what I love about this first one is it's a fan favorite too. I think uh, I think fans have already and a fan favorite yeah. character too. Yeah. So let's bring up um, Domri Chaosbringer. So this yeah. is a legendary planeswalker for two a red and a green. Comes in with five loyalty, uh, for uh, plus one loyalty. Add red or green. If that mana is spent on a creature spell, it gains Riot. Mm -hmm. Riot's, of course, the new Gruul ability. Exactly. Uh, the minus three ability is look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal up to two creature cards from among them and put them into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then the minus eight, the ultimate ability you get an emblem with at the beginning of each end step. Create a 4-4 red and green beast creature token with trample. And that's... Each end step. Too. Each end step. So if we're playing multiplayer, so oh, I on didn't even your notice turn, that. Yeah. I'll right. get one. On Steve's turn, I'll get oh. one. And on Sam's turn, so, I'll right. get one. So the one. good news is, like, in a, in a two-player game, where often you just, like, make it during your upkeep, and it's yep. like, well, I've got to wait two turns here. It's like, well, it has summoning sickness, essentially, so I have to wait one turn, except instead of getting having two beasts, the next time you get attack, you have three beasts. Yeah. So Ooh. it really just... Just up, up, multiplies up, up, up. every time. Yeah. So... Um, you guys probably knew you were bringing back Domri for mm -hmm. story reasons, and also it's flavorful. How did you look to change Domri from his last iteration? I mean, I think the big stuff with Domri was his, his last iteration uh, was very well known. I mean, it's, the, it's a three-mana card. It was very strong. The biggest struggles that we had was we already had some of the Planeswalkers and stuff. We, we really liked at three. Mm -hmm. We wanted to do something different with Domri, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Before, he was very low to the ground and really ramping out kind of pretty small creatures. We wanted to ramp up things that were a little larger this time, and that's why moving up to four mana meant that instead of kind of helping him summon the, the smaller things that he might have been involved with, and now he's just summoning the biggins. Mm -hmm. he, is, he is bringing the big boys, and he's going to take <laughs> down the city. Yeah, so it was really important for us when designing Domri to make sure that he still worked with creatures. So, and often a question I see on the internet a lot is, <laughs> What happens if I give my creature Riot Riot? And here's the answer. You play Domri, and you give your next creature spell Riot, and you play another Riot card, and you can get a Counter and Haste, which actually matters a lot for some of the um, cards we've made for standard, like Skargon Hellkite, where it matters if it has a Counter 
and also having haste is a huge bonus. Yeah, yeah, and I like uh, is it growth chamber guardian. Growth chamber guardian too, just great another combo. great card to put a plus one plus one counter on. Incubation druid, another excellent mm -hmm. one. So I'm super excited for Domri to start seeing some play, and you know just get some counters on your creatures, activate their abilities. Yeah. You can mm -hmm. do everything. So we're gonna throughout this, we're gonna show you the the main card that Sam and Andrew are talking about. But also, they're probably gonna mention some cards along the way, like <laughs> like Growth Chamber Guardian and the like. Or Skagen, uh, I would yeah, recommend yeah. that while you're watching this, keep the card image gallery open uh, right next <laughs> yeah. to you. Uh, I've actually got it open on my phone too, so I can see some things. So if you don't know where to go, uh, just type in dailymtg.com to your browser, and then it's a big banner thing like partway down the page uh, that'll show you all the cards that have been publicly revealed mm -hmm. and you can follow along. So Growth Chamber Guardian, for example, is a 2-2 uh, two -two right. that uh, with the adaptability, which is a right. Simic ability, um, but when it gets a plus one, plus one counter, you just go search for another one. Exactly. Right. The big way that adapt is different than monstrosity is that monstrosity really tracked whether or not the status of monstrous had been hit, mm -hmm. where this is really looking at counters, which means things like if you uh, play Growth, uh, Growth Chamber Guardian and you plays adapt cost, you get two counters, you get a search another copy up, but you can also just, if it has riot, enters with a counter, well, mm -hmm. it has a counter, you get its ability, search for another one, play that one, well, if you know, if you had, if that has riot as well, guess what, <laughs> you can get another one, you, you know, just keep a, going, yeah. you're not going to get the two, the two counters the same way, but you're going to get them much cheaper, much faster, much more efficiently. Mm -hmm. It's a great way to have this overlap in, the, in, in our cards, the way that we really like in guild sets, there be overlap between different mechanics and different guilds. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of overlap, oh, yes. uh, <laughs> you guys mentioned one of your favorite combos my in the favorite, set. My your personal favorite, favorite combo. <laughs> oh, so Andrew Brown. We'll start with part the one. Andrew Brown combo. Emergency <laughs> Powers. So this is just a cool card on its own. Uh, mm. Emergency Powers is an instant uh, for seven mana, five, a white, and a blue. Each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library, then draws seven cards. Uh, exile Emergency Powers, so the first part is a Time Twister variant. Yep. Um, and then it has Addendum. Uh, so addendum is ability, if you cast this spell during your main phase, so all the addendum spells matter if you cast them during your main phase, mm -hmm. uh, you may put a permanent card with converted mana cost 7 or less from your hand onto the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And you like that it goes with this next card, Smothering Tide. Smothering Tide. Smothering Tide, which is a white enchantment for 3 generic mana and 1 mm -hmm. white mana. Uh, whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay 2 generic mana. If the player doesn't, you create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sacrifice the artifact, add one mana of any color. It also has one of my favorite pieces of art in the set, yes. something literally yeah. throwing up a treasure. Uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, will be able to see how this is a combo. Andrew, <laughs> right, would you right, like right. to explain why it is a combo and why it's your favorite? <laughs> right. So when you play Emergency Powers and you have Smothering Tithe out on the battlefield, your opponent is forced to draw seven cards, which just allows you to make seven treasure tokens for free. Mm -hmm. And conveniently, Emergency Powers then lets you play another card for free, and you have this free seven mana lying around. Mm -hmm. So when you Time Twister, you can draw more Time Twisters, which can get you more treasure, which can get you more permanence on the battlefield. Yeah. And then it's awesome. Well, I didn't even think mm -hmm. about that. You can oh, chain. So gross. Yeah, you can <laughs> chain <laughs> emergency powers right. if you draw extras. And yeah. it could be something like I don't know, Rebel and Riches. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Look, seven isn't ten, but it's not far off. That's exactly. True. That's so point. with the first one, you put in a second Smothering Tide off your first emergency powers. <laughs> crack the seven treasure. Play another emergency powers. That's fourteen right there. That is. And uh, internally, we had a, a cool little nickname for this combo <laughs> deck. We called it the the Turbo Tax deck. Right. <laughs> And that, and they broke FFL with it, clearly. Uh, <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's move on to the next card, a cool legend. This is one of mm -hmm. the few legends we've printed three versions of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tesa Karlov. So this is a four mana, two, a white, and a black. Uh, legendary creature, human advisor. Uh, Tesa is a two, four. Uh, if a creature dying causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So it's kind of like panharmonica for death Re triggers. Reverse panharmonica. Yep. Death harmonica. Death harmonica. Death harmonica. Right. You guys come up with the best names. <laughs> you have more time to think. We, we have a lot of time to think. Yeah. About yeah. Uh, and then it also has the ability that creature tokens you control have vigilance and lifelink. So there's a lot going on here. Mm -hmm. Unpacking for us. Yeah, Tesa is uh, is a Ravnik and stalwart. I mean, she was in the first block, the second block, the third block. She's been an incredibly important character, and she's a really popular commander. And uh, you know, a big thing for me when I'm making sets is often. Making sure that these really popular characters, their cards, if as much as possible, are good in Commander and in other formats. And, uh, you know, I think we really kind of missed the ball in the second version of Tesa. I think we can admit that at this point. Uh, she was like a 5-7 pro creature. It didn't really fit her character well, so I was really determined this time to make sure that this version really fit who she was and gave you something that could both work with her previous version, if you want to put that deck together, or by yourself really make you uh, create a deck that feels like a Tesa deck. And in this case... Well, doubling all the death triggers works great with Afterlife because, you know, twice as many spirits. Look, if uh, Afterlife 2 to get two spirits is great, Afterlife 4, ooh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you also get to, you know, doubling uh, for, like, you know, your kind of aristocrats type decks. You know, you mm -hmm. sacrifice whenever something says, when you sacrifice, or when a, when a creature dies, uh, your opponent loses life, we'll get twice as many of those. You know, this thing really tells you how to build a deck. It uh, really guides your hand towards, you know, I can imagine what I would put what kind of deck I'd put it into, and what kind of new decks this could create in a standard format, or you know, what kind of commander decks could I build now that I've got this awesome, powerful ability? Yeah, my my mind when I saw this card immediately went to Revelark, mm -hmm. uh, which even though Revelark's ability says when it leaves play, right. if the way it leaves play is by dying, dying. Yeah. then Tesa will trigger. If you're blinking Revelark or bouncing it to your hand, that won't work with mm -hmm. Tesa. But if Revelark is dying, if you're sacrificing it, then you'll get. The extra triggers. Yeah, and a, a big prop to the uh, rules team for getting this card to work because yes. this uh, this is not the easiest card to, to write or to get to work. And there was a lot of debates and, and kind of laying out a ton of different cards and saying, okay, how does it interact with this? How does it interact with this? And they did a really good job of getting it to a point where the rules of the game actually handle it. For the most part, the way you want it to work, it really does work. Yeah. How did you guys figure, and you know, maybe this is a question more for the creative team, but mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys had a lot of discussions around this. How did you determine which characters would come back again? That it, like Niv-Mizzet also mm -hmm. got a third card. How did you determine which ones were worth having these third versions? Because there aren't very many of them. Yeah, I, I know a lot of that really was on the creative team. I can't speak too much for it. I mean, I know some of the characters changed throughout the, uh, the process where... Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it was, we want to see this character again. They're really important. Sometimes it was, we have this really cool character we want to show. Like, uh, I've seen a lot of people said that Rurikthar didn't show back up. Mm -hmm. He was a popular character. Mm -hmm. uh, for a while, he actually was in the set before they went over to Nikia. And uh, a humorous story about that, uh, the Eric Lauer, who started off leading the set, he was uh, editing it, and he came to Rurikthar, and he, he had, had given him a title, so he cut his name off, unaware that Rurikthar, Thar is not his last name. Thar, oh, it's sure. Rurik and Thar, his two heads. And so when he uh, created the card Rurik, comma, all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, no. <laughs> and I just imagine this scenario where just, you know, Rurik has like one stone head and one regular head. And I'm like, oh no, Vraska, what are you doing? Uh, you know, I, so I don't know what actually ended up happening with the character. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, 
we have tons of products now where we can revisit people. So yeah. I'm sure at some point we will come back to to Rurikthar in the future. Uh, but you know, we only have so much room, and to some extent, you know, Niv Mizzet's super important because he's you know, the leader of a guild. Rakdos similarly, leader of a guild. We need to see those people again. Other characters. Sometimes we just want to show new characters and give them an opportunity to build new things you love instead of just showing the old things that you already know you love. Yeah. Uh, let's stay with the gruel. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's an enchantment that you guys brought up called Cinder Vines. Yeah. Uh, Cinder Great Vines. Name, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Great name. yeah. Uh, it's an enchantment for red and green. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, so everything I cast basically, uh, <laughs> Cinder Vines deals one damage to that player, and then it has this added ability, one, sacrifice Cinder Vines, destroy target, artifact or enchantment, Cinder Vines deals two damage to that permanence controller. Also a lot going on here. Yeah, definitely a lot <laughs> going on here. Um, I think this is a good example of just like a hallmark kind of play-designed card. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking about a ton of different formats. We're thinking about standard, limited, modern, and we're trying to make sure that this card can apply to each one of those. So for example, when we think of modern, we think of all these combo decks like Storm, Clark Lane Ironworks, right? Like they're just trying to cast a bunch of spells over and over again. And if you can land this early, then you know it can prevent them from casting so many spells. But if you don't draw it on time, you can still use it to potentially destroy an artifact later. So it's a very modal kind of hate card where you're not where you're happy to draw it early and you're still fine with drawing it late. Mm -hmm. Right, no, like when we were working on this card, Lantern of Insight was a big concern, and so we mm -hmm. wanted a card that, you know, in your sideboard dealt with a lot of different decks. I mean, one of the things that's hard with Modern is you can have a deck where it's very strong and there's good hate cards for it, but there's a lot of decks like that, and so having too many Unitaskers really rerun a lot of risks of having big holes in your deck sideboard strategy. So while this card might not be as strong against a bunch of different decks as, you know, like Rest in Peace or... Uh, so silence, silence mm -hmm. right, or any of those kind of cards that are just super like hammering on something super hard. This instead is like, well, it's pretty good against a lot of different strategies. Mm -hmm. So you can really uh, put this in your sideboard and kind of shore up a lot of matches in a smaller way, but use it and be able to like expand what your sideboard is doing and how many options you have for what decks you're playing against. Sure, exactly. it's, it's not the best disenchant, but it's like the best disenchant against Storm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a very flexible card. Yeah, and uh, one of the things we're actually kind of doing a little bit more in play design is, you know, we all have our tendencies and decks we like and decks we've succeeded with on the outside, and it's actually been tasked to the players, like, I really love playing control decks, so it's like, so Andrew, what would you really hate playing against today? <laughs> I was like, I got exactly what I would hate <laughs> playing against. So, yeah, in standard, even, even like against control decks, like, they have, you know, Oblivion, Oblivion Ring style cards, Search for Azkanta, you're mm -hmm. casting so many different spells that it's just a nightmare to play against this Chaining on turn offs. two. Exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, Steve, what's, what's the next card we got lined up? next card we got lined up is a card called Captive Audience, Blake. It is a mythic rare for five colorless, one black and one red. Uh, some of the, some, again, one of my favorite art cards because it features uh, Ravnica's favorite homunculus. Uh, Captive Audience enters the battlefield under the control of an opponent of your choice. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose one that hasn't been chosen. One, your life total becomes four. Two, discard your hand. Or three, each opponent creates five two-two black zombie creature tokens. Right. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna assume. I think you correctly. say right like that makes absolute <laughs> sense. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna assume I'm gonna assume that uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, that refers to the player that controls exactly. the enchantment yeah. as opposed to the person that played the enchantment. Right, which Correct. is why yeah. it is uh, not a curse and it doesn't, like, it's not like enchant player. It has right. to go to their control so they are the ones who are actually 
in charge of their own fate. And they are indeed a captive audience in more <laughs> ways than one. I love it. So talk about this card. What's What's where, going where on Where do here? these numbers like, come yeah, from? Yeah, like, what's, what's happening here? The numbers are scientific via play design. <laughs> the true. design is... Yeah, I, th this was me really trying to, to, to come up with, like, what's this idea of just, like, the most brutal card I could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, well, what if we gave you these choices? And every choice is just, like, kind of like, well, we could almost print that on a seven-mana card. And you've got to go through all of them. And, it, like, you know, really just running, running you know, Running the gauntlet, all these things, and it was a really you know fun idea for me to be like the, the just the most brutal thing I could possibly imagine. But there's some interesting counterplay because so, you know you know it's like some people are like well the card's not that great because like what if they don't have a hand? It's like well they're gonna choose that for the first one, but <laughs> right. they, they are still like they still gotta get to give you some zombies and uh, change your life total at some point. And you know we did yeah we did play test this card a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, the life total numbers changed up and down. One, it turned out, was all, was pretty low. Five was too <laughs> high, because sometimes you gained life. So, right. you know, four is it's super scientific. Very mm -hmm. scientific. Yeah. It wasn't three because of lightning strike. That's true, right. So a surprise kind of thought has gone into this card. <laughs> I believe it. It's uh, Those are some pretty crazy modes, though. Oh, like, there's yeah. also a couple weird things. I, I don't even know how else to describe them. Like, how do you get rid of this card? So, <laughs> I'm saying, hey, don't get rid of it. How don't you get rid of this, this card? This card doesn't go away once all of the modes are completed. So if you had a really good idea like flickering it for some reason, mm -hmm. that would be a great idea. And I would totally recommend doing this because it comes in under another opponent's control and then you get to just start all over again. Or right. the same opponent even because it's or the same an opponent. opponent. It's not an opponent that has not been chosen but, well, to be a captive audience. Steve, you've game. already gone to four, discarded your hands, and I have five zombies. I think we can move on to Blake at that <laughs> point. Probably. Right, right. <laughs> Probably. If you survive that, yeah. super impressed. I mean, oh, yeah. 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 Right? No, you deserve a rage. You deserve the whatever, you know, yeah. uh, fame and fortune come to you for, for winning on that one. That's like winning a reality show. You deserve to be let free from being the captive audience. And now also least. of note is because this goes under the control of mm -hmm. the person who's being affected by it, mm -hmm. they can't remove it with... Ixalan's Binding. Oh, yeah, there are a lot, of, a lot of cards that we have made where they only hit your opponent's cards largely because... We didn't, you know, sometimes loops happen or you play it, your opponent right. like bounces their own thing, all of a sudden you've got to kill your own thing. That, that's not super great. And so we may say opponent control. And this card, you know, has kind of a, an interesting, weird difference because of how it, it works where those don't work anymore. So, mm -hmm. you know, Ixalan's binding it. No, sorry, can't do that. That, you know, you're not getting it that way. There, certainly you can disenchant it and there are ways to get rid of it, but not, it's not everything. You know, yeah. a lot of your very standard answers are not going to work. Yeah, some of our quality of life improvements to cards in general have just opened up this little wiggle room for <laughs> cards like this to just get a tiny bit stronger. Very cool. nice. Uh, let's, let's stay with the Rakdos. It's mm. a party. Why not? Uh, and, and go to the Ochi himself. <laughs> uh, Rakdos the Showstopper. So this is a legendary creature demon for four black and a red. And this is another one of those that we've had a bunch of versions yeah. of. 6-6 mm -hmm. uh, Flying Trample. Uh, when Rakdos the Showstopper enters the battlefield, flip a coin for each creature that isn't a demon, devil, or imp. I love imp thrown in there. Uh, <laughs> he has a lot of friends. He, he does, does have yeah, a little, yeah. little bunch He's of friends. He's very popular. <laughs> Des <laughs> destroy each creature whose coin comes up tails. And then the flavor text is just entertain me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rakdos is a character who is near and dear to my heart. I, I'm a true Rakdos fan. I love the, the idea that this was an entire guild. Most guilds are there to like do this really important function. Like The Golgari are kind of like waste management and, and, uh, and feeding everybody. Mm -hmm. And the Selesnya have some food responsibilities. And the... 
you know, Zorius are all about the laws. And the Raktos are really there to make sure Raktos doesn't mess stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> like, he is a giant, he is a giant, you know, I won't call him evil, but boy, does he like destruction, and he likes being entertained. And so, uh, what I really want to do for this version of this card is really get to the heart of who Raktos is. And when he comes, it's a party. Uh, my, my idea of this was, what if you went to a, you know, this awesome metal show, and it's got this great pyrotechnic stuff, but it's not on stage necessarily, like just <laughs> in the audience. Like, you know, your seats might be wired, you have no idea, and you're just parting down, and the people next to you are just getting, like, thrown off with these huge explosions. And you're like, wow, this is metal. And, <laughs> and that, you know, just, just, that was my basic concept behind this. And, yeah, you know, just this idea of getting this character who just, like, he brings chaos wherever he goes. It is, everything's a party. You know, live or die, who knows? But that's all, all part of why you go to these concerts. Mm-hmm. Never seems to be Rakdos that does the dying. Yeah, and yeah, I do well. have a I do have a confession. Um, in some of my Prime Speaker Vanifar decks, I did include one Rakdos <laughs> if I was feeling especially spicy that day. <laughs> couldn't I mean, even couldn't even play it. It was just there. It was just when there. You, just when you needed a six drop. That, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a nice right. like. Well, I'm, I don't know how I'm going to win this game, but I guess this <laughs> might do it. When you, the flips could come up tails four times yeah, in a row, yeah. and then I'm great. When yeah. you uh, when when you got. Rakdos with Prime Speaker Vanifar, did you stand up, raise your arms, and say, are you not entertained? Uh, well, no, what I did was I held up my hands like on a roller coaster, and I had, uh, <laughs> I had my coworkers uh, flip, flip coins for me. So oh, re- nice. I was really immersed in the, uh, the Rakdos show. I love it. Uh, let's move on to kind of a, a weird, interesting, and definitely powerful card. Steve, what do we got next? Yeah, we got a card called Pestilent Spirit up next. Uh, Pestilent Spirit is a spirit. Unsurprised, it's a creature. Uh, it costs two generic mana and one black. Uh, it's a 3-2, and it has menace and death touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, instant and sorcery spells you control have death touch. Yeah, and you know, uh, one of the things that we like to do in, in every set, and even in Ragnarok sets, is have things that are really backwards compatible and kind of give you, go, oh, I hadn't seen that before. And you know, this was really a card where the, you know, there are a lot of cards that work with this, and some of them are from old Ragnarok sets, like mm-hmm. Electricery is a card many people have brought mm-hmm. up of. Being pretty good with this one because that would <laughs> only hit your opponent's creatures. Like, you know, kind of, uh, what was it? Flames, uh, or Mizian Mortars was the, the big version of that in, yeah. in the, the uh, Return to Ravnica block. And this is all of a sudden, that's kind of like Mizian Mortars, but better and less mana. Like, it's, it's a, you know, really cool combo. And, you know, as we made this card, you know, black uh, itself doesn't necessarily have a ton of ways to deal damage. A lot of times they do minus X, minus X. But you can bind this with red, you can bind this with, you know, you can do it with green for fight spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess fight that doesn't work. But you can do that with all kinds of different things you can combine this card with where all of a sudden, like, ooh, uh, my, you know, arc lightning is killing a lot of things now and not a few <laughs> number of things. So that's a really cool thing. And to if do. you're old school, you can combine it with pestilence appropriately enough to true. just kill all the things. Not true. All of course, then your pestilence dies. Yeah, the, this, pest, this pestilence spirit, like, the fact that it has menace and death touch just seems so brutal. Yeah, that when seems like a play designing sort of thing. Yeah, Where did was, that come in? Uh, well, when when we're dealing with these kind of static effect creatures, we really want them to be more vulnerable in combat, but uh, less vulnerable in combat, but more vulnerable to cards like shock, for for mm-hmm. instance. So like, you can definitely start attacking with pestilence spirit a lot better because it has menace, has to be blocked by two creatures, and death touch. Then you can split it up one one for both lethal damage, but we also want to make it like more easily killed if you're trying to interact. Right. So like Shock, Lightning Strike, all these cards mm-hmm. um, kill the Pestilent Spirit. 
So another example of us kind of like messing with the power and toughnesses around the burn spells or removal in the format is actually Tessa Karlov, which we talked about earlier. She d distinctly has a fourth toughness mm -hmm. so that she avoids lightning strike, she avoids shock, but unfortunately her deck is very vulnerable yeah. to lava, lava coil. coil. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. So we're trying to create this based on the weekend, which removal spell is important, which creature is awesome, and mm -hmm. you just get this never-ending, repeatable cycle of, I never know what's going to happen, mm -hmm. and my opponent could have something different every time. Yeah. it's yeah. crazy. Speaking of different every time, <laughs> <laughs> that's my transition. That's You're a welcome. good transition. You're welcome, Twitch. Like um, <laughs> Mirror March is our next card. <laughs> that transition doesn't even really make <laughs> no, sense. No, it doesn't. But, um, it almost made sense. Almost. Like. Uh, Mirror March is a six-mana enchantment for five and a red. Uh, whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, flip a coin until you lose a flip. I could have referenced coin flips. I could Anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, for each flip you won, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Those tokens gain haste. Exile them at the beginning of the next end step. So here's our weird red enchantment for the set. <laughs> here's the possibility storm of the set. Yep. When, I, when we first made this, I was a little too clever, and I just left off non-token. But it was only, you only flipped it once, and it was like, oh, because you get it? because. But then people didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I know. We always say non-token. So this this one actually makes a little more sense. And a little, mm -hmm. a little easier to process the fact that, like, oh, you just get to keep going. Yeah. Instead of it being, like, a thing that you find out, like, when your opponent plays it, and they're, like, on flip number four. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, yeah. Now you kind of know what's going on. I think the biggest difference between this card and like just the generic red crazy wild enchantments is that when you open a mirror march in a draft, <laughs> you should take it. It's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Even though like the odds are only 50-50 to, cr to create a token, like there are lots of ETBs, there are activated abilities, just definitely tons of stuff you want more creatures of. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't sleep on this one. Because I have copied a Ravager Worm four times. Just throw it out there. Oh my there. god. Right. And, and even though, you know, for, <laughs> because you've got to keep going, the average of this, you know, so it's not just like, well, you flip a coin once, and so it's an average of every card you play is a, you know, you half a token of. The average is actually one token, and sometimes it gets really big. Yeah. You know, and so, okay, admittedly, sometimes you get like, five or six, and you don't actually need that many, and, you know, <laughs> it's overkill, oh well. Yeah. But it is something where, yeah, you are on averaging getting one complete extra copy, and sometimes you're, like, really far behind. You're like, I need to get two copies, <laughs> and, yep, yeah, let's go, and you get it. It's great. cross your fingers. The, the Andrew Brown offensive, as it were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, just, just hold up your hands and have, <laughs> your opponent, have your opponent flip the coins right. for you. It's much more fun. Get on the ride. Yeah. Make sure you're like on good terms with the person you do that yeah. with. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next card, Steve. Yeah, Angel of Grace is our next mm -hmm. card. Uh, it is it is the first card collector number wise in the set. It is uh, 001 fun out of fact. Yeah, fun fact if you look at collectors numbers. Uh, it is an angel. Again, I'm getting the the cards that are self-explanatory as to what mm -hmm. the creature type it is. Uh, three generic, two white. It has flash. Mm -hmm. It is a 5/4 with flying. When Angel of Grace enters the battlefield until end of turn, damage what, that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead. But that's not all. Uh, <laughs> but pay there's four, more. Pay four generic mana and two white mana for an activated ability. Uh, four, four generic mana, two white. Exile Angel of Grace from your graveyard. Your life total becomes ten. Exactly. So this, this card is a very special place in my heart. Um, when I was out playing Magic, um, I really enjoyed the deck Ad Nauseum in Modern. And uh, part of the combo with that is a card called Angel's Grace, which mm -hmm. specifically says 
if you were to take damage, you go to you go to one instead. So mm -hmm. pretty much the ETB of Angel of Grace. Yep. Um, so I really liked that card, and I really wanted to port it to something that we could, you know, see in standard, maybe in some sideboards, surprise some people. So this is our take at a creature version of Angel's Grace. Mm -hmm. Right. And it lets you do stuff where you know your opponent attacks, and you know, often with these kind of creatures, what you really want to do is just kind of Flash, pick flash creatures, is play them, pick off one of your opponent's small creatures and attack in the air. And you want to do that with this a lot, but sometimes, like, you're a little bit behind and you actually do want to trade this off so that you mm -hmm. can untap and use its ability to go back up to 10. Mm -hmm. Because maybe the opponent has out two creatures and you're like, all right, I'll, I'll block your larger one. These guys are going to trade off and then I'll go up to 10. You've got a 3-3 three, three out. Like, I am now in a much more safe position than I was before you attacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can also see some of the counterplay with this card because mm -hmm. there are cards in standard like Bane Fire that say <laughs> can't be countered. Yep. And as a, as a control deck, most of the time you're just sitting there looking at it, maybe hoping you have like a revitalize in your hand or something like that, and the math's off. But um, this card just mm -hmm. says no, exactly. or at least not all of it. That might be an idea for your Azorius control deck. Yeah, it like. might be. Let's let's also not Writing forget that this, this is down. this is at the very least a five four. Flying flash creature. Yeah, you almost five. had me there. Yeah. You almost like, had for me there. Five man. Like, let's not forget that. Like, all the rest of that stuff is great, but oh my god, I would play this in every limited deck. Well, and that's what um, old Avison, the flip yeah. Avison, yeah, exactly. got played a lot just for being a four-four flying flash, flash vigilance right, yeah. uh, for five mana. Yeah. But yeah, if you're uh, staring down some bane fires, I would definitely recommend going to some Angel of Grace uh, because mm -hmm. I did learn the hard way um, a couple times during testing. I had to. Uh, Absorb a bane fire that was uncounterable. It kind of works. It, it's it, not the greatest it's, feeling. It's not, but you do what you got to do. Best is you have to double absorb it to, to stay alive. That's that's really good feels. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> that's that's the opposite of that actually. <laughs> uh, which side of the table are you on? Uh, I'm on the absorb side. Uh, normally, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. uh, next up is Ravager Worm. So Ravager Worm is a Six mana, so three, a red, and two green. It's quite the casting cost. Uh, creature Worm, it's a four, five. It has Riot, so it gets that choice when it comes when it enters the battlefield to either be bigger or be faster. And when Ravager Worm enters the battlefield, choose up to one. So you don't have to do one, but yeah. you can. Uh, fights target creature you don't control or destroys target land with an activated ability that isn't a mana ability. Yep, and uh, you know, of cards that Domri has has cast a lot in our testing, <laughs> yeah. this is high on the list. It turns out. I can't believe you got four of these off of Mirror March, man. This yeah, is this is was, insane. It, it was a great draft. <laughs> wow. I won that game, but I lost the match. Maybe because <laughs> I lost some flips after that, but I'm not. I'm never gonna tell you. So we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot. It seems like at least we're seeing a lot more modal spells. Mm -hmm. So in previous. Uh, Guilds of Ravnica, we saw cards like Knight of Autumn. We've got Ravager Worm here. Uh, what's First of all, are we seeing more cards that are modal? And if so, why are we doing that? Uh, we are. Uh, you know, Best of one is a big thing on Arena. And beyond just that, we really, as a whole, like it when there are cards that have a lot of utility and a lot mm -hmm. of versatility. You know, Some sets do really well with this of having the mechanics for this. You know, Cycling is an example of a great mechanic where you know, we can give you a card that has a pretty narrow effect and then give it cycling of one colored mana, and it's pretty easy to include it. Um, and similarly, like the Charms, the last time I went to Ravnica, mm -hmm. those cards had usually one or two modes that were pretty narrow, and so, you know, you could play well. 
it has an enchant removal mode, but I'm really playing it for the removal mode, and you could make those kind of decisions. Uh, we didn't necessarily have all those card, kind of cards here, and but, but we also really want more of those cards to exist. I mean, Arena's best of one format is a big deal of wanting to make sure that, you know, a, a real thing that can go wrong with that kind of format is one where, uh, you know, you basically either play super hyper-aggressive decks or creatureless control decks so that if your opponent has, like, you know, magma sprays or these kind of removal spells that don't also hit planeswalkers or don't also go to the face, well, they just are dead in your hand. All of a sudden it's like, well, uh, you know, I lost the game because I drew three magma sprays and I had no targets literally the entire game. Like, mm -hmm. that's not a great feeling. Yep. And instead, so we, we made these cards uh, where usually what happens is one side will either make a token or will have some sort of more generic removal spell. And one is either like a more, you know, uh, a more uh, kind of very narrow removal spell or something that is uh, a little more proactive. And you kind of get to play either side. Usually mm -hmm. either individual card is a little below what you might want to play by itself, but the combined package and it just never being dead really makes it so that you can include these in your decks. It, it certainly helps the best of one format out a lot because, mm -hmm. you know, if you are playing, like, you know, if you've played a lot of Arena, uh, playing against the fairy decks, that is the big frustration is that you have these removal spells that hit nothing in their deck and then you kind of takes a long time and it's it just, you know, what are you going to do? Well, if you have a card like uh, Bedeck Bedazzle, well, you can play a removal spell that will kill a Danto Vanguard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It will kill, uh, you know, a lot of things in the format. Not Tesa, though. Not Tesa. Uh, <laughs> designed around it. But, you know, if your opponent's playing a, you know, Teferi deck, well, you can get Search. You can, if they, you know, maybe they stumble a little bit and you can get one of their other lands to kind of keep ahead of it. Maybe you get really lucky and you can do some damage uh, to their face and kill them with it, but... It's a you know very versatile card that really lets you play something that you know keeps your deck uh, as tight as possible and gives you a lot of options. Yeah, and there are um, I mean there are a couple other formats where the options help the card as well. Like, you know, Commander, you oh, yeah. you never know what you're going to come up against, mm -hmm. so having a bunch of different options helps there. Also, yeah. that's also generally a best of one format. Selfishly, Canadian Highlander. You don't have a sideboard in that format. Right. So all of your cards are in the main deck. Even though that is a best of three format, there is no sideboard. So having something in there that's narrow, like Magma Spray, is often terrible. Mm -hmm. But having something that's flexible and does roughly the same job lets you get away with not having a sideboard. There. I was waiting for the Canadian Highlander. <laughs> I always got to get it in at some point. Yeah, we, we hit 35 minutes this show. 35, 35 minutes. Oh, 35 minutes. It's a new, new record. High score? New high score. 34, 34 minutes. New high score. New record for Blake. These kind of cards do help out with uh, metagame churn and making sure that, like, you know, again, the week-by-week week stuff is... Like, there'll be times where you're just like, look, I'm going to take the risks. I'm going to play these cards that are way better against the aggressive decks but are not as good against the fairy decks because... You know, I've, I've thought about it, and I've just decided, you know what, this is not Teferi's week. No one's going to play him. I'm, I'm going to just play the straight removal spells. I'm going to do more efficient stuff than Bedeck Bedazzle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you win that week because all your opponents, all they have their two-mana ones, and you're the one-mana one, and you get to be super smart. And maybe you're horribly wrong, and you sit, <laughs> play against a lot of Teferis, and just, your hand is just full of these spells that don't do anything. But, you know, that, that ability to make those kind of conscious decisions is really important for keeping magic fun and keeping the metagame as active as possible for the entire life of the format. Mm. Yep. Good cool. point. Well, we're going to take a trip to Discount Simic Warehouse for our next card. Oh, lovely. Uh, <laughs> Discount Simic Warehouse is one of my favorite places to go for a card called Terramander. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great name. It is uh, unfortunately not Salamander Drake. No. Uh, well, it is It is Salamander. It is a Salamander Drake. It is a Salamander Drake. Uh, the, the name is not Salamander Drake, yeah. but the creature type is Salamander Drake. Uh, it costs a single blue mana. Single blue one, mana. One flyer. Yep. But wait, there's more. That's never 
bit us before. No, not <laughs> ever. Mm. Uh, there is an adapt ability on this particular discount Simic Warehouse creature. Uh, seven generic mana and one blue for adapt four, so it can turn into a five-five. Uh, but this ability costs one less to activate for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so it's really two mana. It's never, I, it's never cost. I completely yeah. overlooked this card the first time I looked yeah, at it's it. Yes, U U five five. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an this is potentially an insane card. Uh, talk about how insane this card is. <laughs> well, <laughs> go. Oh. Boy, this is get used against us in yeah, the future. Yeah, that's a great setup. <laughs> <laughs> this card is broken. Oh, why are yeah, you why, wrong? And why, why did you yeah. want to ruin yeah. format? Well, <laughs> I look forward to the fail compilations in the future. So no, that's uh, great. But actually, let's let's talk about this card. It's, it is a very cool ability on a, yeah, on a certainly with potential to scale. That's really great. Yeah, we um, we really like promoting like spells decks with like Crackling Drake, Enigma Drake, and like which allows you just just play all these instants, sorceries, creatures, just. A good mix of cards, a good mix of creatures, but that's actually part of the downside sometimes when you're playing cards like Crackling Drake and Nuka Drake and right here, Terramander, where you might draw too many of the creatures, not enough of the spells, but, again, another but, when you really look at the end of it, it can be a UU55 flying. Right, and you know, making this card, a lot of it was thinking about older formats, like Getting uh, seven instants and sorceries and standard in your graveyard, it's, it's not hard. We've certainly seen that with decks, but it's not nearly as fast as it is in older mm -hmm. formats. Like, you don't have uh, Thought Scour in standard. As an Faithless looting. Right. You don't have anything that's quite that powerful, so you can definitely do it. But, you know, this is a great card where it has a lot of potential in standard to be a card where it's fun and fair and you get to do stuff with it. And the kind of the, in older formats where the rest of the cards there are maybe a little less fair. This also <laughs> scales up in its unfairness. So, you know, uh, this is a thing that I think a lot of the Delve cards did really well, where mm -hmm. they were, like, you know, good and limited, and about, you know, par with everything else. They, you got to standard, and they were, like, very good, but about on par with everything else. And you went to older formats, okay, maybe they were a little too strong there. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, it, it's very hard to make cards that are, like, fair in multiple formats in different ways. Mm -hmm. And this kind of scaling is one of the really great ways to do it. Okay. And this doesn't eat your instance and sorceries. No, it doesn't. So yeah. the it, more of these you draw, the easier it is to activate them. You have two, two fives two for man five fives. Wow. Yeah. What? Um, all right, for our next card, Sean, our producer, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball because we're skipping ahead mm. to Priest of the Forgotten Gods. Ooh. I want to make sure we have enough time to talk through the bonus previews yeah. and the news, of course, at the sure. end. Gotcha. Uh, so we're going to skip to Priest of the Forgotten Gods, and then after that we'll go to the last card on Sam's list. Yeah. Uh, but first, Priest of the Forgotten Gods is a two mana, one and a black creature, human cleric. It is a one-two, not the most impressive stats. That's, no. that's squire range. Uh, <laughs> but this ability... Tap, sacrifice two other creatures, a heavy toll. Any number of target players each lose two life and sacrifice a creature. You add black, black, and draw a card. Mm -hmm. a lot going on here. A lot. So much going That's on That's a here. lot of text. Yeah. Probably you know, not attacking or blocking. With this yeah, creature, Orzov, uh, mostly Orzov, but also Rakdos, love their things dying. And this gives you a way to, a, a very profitable way to do that. You know, we have other cards in the set that do it usually to kind of a little more minor effect, and it's more about getting this repeated effect every single t uh, or multiple times. So, like, if you like have a, say a Judith out, you can sacrifice a bunch of creatures and kill your opponent or kill something. Like, that's one way to do it. This card does it a little bit differently. Of 
Well, if you can just keep sacrificing two cards a turn, like you can get a ton of value. Mm -hmm. exactly. Like you'll be up a lot. Like you know, theoretically, if you play this on turn two, and I don't know, you know, maybe you played some zero casting cost creature or something. <laughs> all of a sudden, turn three, like you could ramp something big out, mm -hmm. and yep. then you know, maybe do it again the next turn, ramp something else big out. Yeah, this card definitely feeds into itself as you know, you get to draw more cards, add more mana to cast more creatures, and you're also setting your opponent back. So it's definitely, although it has a pretty high upfront cost of two creatures, it definitely pays you back yeah. in the long term. Mm -hmm. And a uh, pretty funny story with this card. Um, so when we when we had originally typed it into the uh, our uh, card set file, uh, we didn't have any number of players. It was just like. Um, target player, target yeah. opponent, or whatever. But uh, we actually realized that that was a mana ability because you added black, black, right. which meant that you could undo it. <laughs> and yeah, it Wait, didn't what? go on the stack. Uh, it, it was. Oh, it, it wasn't the... targeted because it was just your opponent. Yeah, each opponent. Yeah, yeah, I see. And so then it's a mana ability, which means that those happen at different times, so they're faster, yeah. and you can't right. really respond to them in the same way. And they do some weird stuff in the rules, so. Adding target was a great way to both, in some ways, make it stronger because you can sacrifice your own stuff now if you want to. If you if you if you're really into it, mm -hmm. you can sacrifice three creatures a turn with this thing. Great, yeah. go uh, for but it. But it also let us make it in a way where you know it uh, wasn't a man ability, which is pretty important for right. making the the entire universe not collapse upon itself. Well, and also there may not have been the intended side effect, but there's some. Uh, Multiplayer, multiplayer considerations yeah, yeah, here. You can yeah. be like, uh, you sacrifice, you sacrifice, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Go from there. Uh, all right, let's look at one more card before we move on yeah, to previews. It's, this, this, this card does have a mana ability. It's Incubation it Druid. Uh, one green for an Elf Druid, 0-2, which is worse than Squire stats. Worse. Almost. True. Uh, <laughs> uh, tap, add one mana of any type that a land you control could produce. If Incubation Druid has a plus one, plus one counter on it, you add three mana of that type instead. And it's got Adapt 3 for a cost of 3 GG. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love this card so much. Um, I really love two mana mana dorks. Even though I love playing Control, sometimes you got to play some green cards. Mm -hmm. And this is one of my favorite green cards because you're never really truly drawing a totally dead card, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about this particular mana elf because, like, you know, sometimes when you draw a Llanowar Elf on turn seven, it's like... Mm. What am I doing here? A little stinky. Exactly. But with Incubation Druid, sometimes it can just be a 3-5. Mm -hmm. And that's like definitely above par for <laughs> when I draw a land or elves. Right. And, and plus, again, the, one of the big things that makes Adapt different than Monstrosity is this ability to kind of cheat things onto here. So in this example, you know, normally you have to play 5 mana to give this its awesome kind of like Gilded Lotus ability. But like, let's say you have a Battle Growth. Probably not that card, because that card's not very strong. A Domri, the Chaos Bringer. Domri would be one way of doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, you can cast this, and it just starts with a counter, and you have just saved a lot of mana. Exactly. Yeah, one of my favorite sequences is to play Domri, and then play Incubation Druid, and then after that you have so much mana to where you can play Skargan, Hellkite, things, yeah. activate it a bunch yeah. of times, play your green-red monsters deck. I love that deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's a good one. Cast your Mirror March, you know. Not, not in standard. <laughs> Maybe you can play it in Maybe. standard. Maybe. Someone will play it in standard. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on to uh, bonus previews. Oh, so nice. we, we had some uncommons left, so these all mm -hmm. provide a lot of texture, especially to the draft format. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, love so some uncommons. Mold was an uncommon. Yeah, a lot of these cards, you know, just looking at this list, a lot of these cards are things that really do a great job of letting us make uh, three-color decks work and having mm -hmm. some overlaps of 
how the various color pairs might overlap with each other and kind of like, yeah, do cool things. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's look at the first one, Clamor Shaman. Thanks, Andrew. No problem. <laughs> good. We appreciate that. Uh, Clamor Shaman is a three mana, two and a red, one one creature, goblin shaman. That's appropriate. Uh, it has riot, and when Clamor Shaman attacks, target creature and opponent controls can't block this turn. Mm -hmm. This card's mm -hmm. aggressive. Yeah, it is. This is yeah one of those cards it's like where red's an aggressive color or something. You know, one of the big questions as you're, we're making a mechanic like riot is like, yeah, but. Aren't you always going to, you know, often people would say the one or the other was the thing you're always going to do. Yeah. You know, it wasn't always the same answer, but they're always like, aren't you always going to haste? Aren't you always going to plus one, plus one counter? And, you know, some of what comes down to is different designs that was true. And so we tried to find abilities and designs where there were interesting choices to make. So, you know, having one toughness, you know, Clan, he's not very resilient. And yes. so if your opponent has some one ones, you probably aren't super excited about, you know, attacking this into your, your one ones. But, Maybe you hold it back the first turn you play it, make it a 2-2, two -two, so if they're going to trade off with tokens, they've got to put more in front of them. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if your opponent's kind of a little bit on the back foot and they only have one blocker out, well, that 1-1, one, one, that's fine. Get in there. Yep, yeah. just, just right away. Yeah, and I definitely wouldn't sleep on this card in a constructed format either because previously in GRN, one yep. of the main mechanics was Mentor. So when you do actually write this creature out, it's a lot easier to mentor on. Yeah, that makes sense. And we've also seen cards like this before make mm -hmm. waves in standard. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So uh, the wolf, the red wolf, pyre wolf, pyre wolf. Yeah. Uh, Gatebreaker Ram is our next preview card. So gate decks. <laughs> we, we've seen a lot of cards, uh, you know, this set for gate decks, and there were also quite a few of them in uh, GRN. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, that meant obviously, you know, trying to dodge each other. And I, I was lucky enough to get this one, where yeah, this is a three-minute two-two, not the best stats, but if you want to play a, a, a gate deck like your four or five-color gate deck, this thing is tremendously large. Also, creature type sheep. Yes, yep. very, oh, important. very important. So for those, Extremely important. <laughs> for those who are just listening to the podcast, uh, Gatebreaker Ram 2 and a green mana for a 2-2, two -two, as Sam pointed out. Creature Sheep. Creature Type Sheep. Yep. Creature bah. Type Sheep. Bah. Uh, Gatebreaker, that was embarrassing. Gatebreaker <laughs> Ram gets plus one, plus one for each gate you control. And as long as you control two or more gates, Gatebreaker Ram has Vigilance and Trample. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, he means business. Yeah. Mo yeah. Modern Maze's End. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> yeah, I really That's what happen. that deck wants. Yeah, Modern Maze's End. A creature that attacks and He's blocks. He's a creature that attacks and blocks. <laughs> Effectively right. attacks and blocks. Uh, let's keep moving and look at another gate card. Gateway mm -hmm. Sneak. Uh, Gateway Sneak is uh, kind of the blue creature that attacks with gates. Two and a blue for a Vettelkin Rogue. 1-3, uh, whenever a gate enters the battlefield under your control, uh, Gateway Sneak can't be blocked this turn. Whenever Gateway Sneak deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So this is our Ophidian Scroll Thief, scroll mm -hmm. thief variant. Yeah. Yep, this is the Scroll Thief where, uh, yeah, you can, uh, if you are, you know, late game as you play gates, you get to keep hitting them, keep drawing cards. These are the kind of rewards that we're really looking to mm -hmm. put in. It's not as strong as Guild Summit, obviously, for the uh, just raw card drawing ability. Right. But it is a card where it's a little easier to play it if you have fewer gates in your deck because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, Scroll Thief's fine by itself. Yep. Yeah, and this card is just Scroll Thief Plus. Right, just exactly. Scroll Thief Plus. Yeah. And it's really important for us to kind of make cards that reward you at different times for having gates mm -hmm. because we don't want it always to be just like, just play as many gates as possible. We, mm -hmm. want, we also want to encourage you 
Maybe I don't play my gate now. Maybe I play it later. Do I save it for my gateway sneak? Or if I'm playing the RAM, I always just want to play them. So we really want to differ up those play patterns to have a more unique experience. Right. Okay. Uh, we're going to run through the next couple of these sort of quick. Resolute Watchdog is our next preview Aww. card. What a good boy. Yeah. It is a one mana, one white mana, uh, creature hound. One three with defender. That's a that's a real good defender. That's one good, three for him. one mana. Yeah, he's, he's a good a very, boy. Very good boy. Yeah, he's a very and boy. <laughs> for Extremely one mana, doggo. sacrifice resolute watchdog. Target creature you control gains indestructible until end of turn. Yeah, he's is, a really good boy. Yeah. It's yeah. really rough to play against this card. Yeah. <laughs> this this is. I've real. been waiting for one of your puns all show. Forty-eight minutes is <laughs> again. A record. Yeah, new record. Yeah. Oh, new record. <laughs> new year, new records. That's what yeah. We're this is the the top down. You know, this is the dog. This is the you know dog in all those movies that yep. uh, you know lays down its life for its. Yeah, I, I can't watch moves the dog dogs or moves the dogs in because you know always almost happens. But you know, there's a website for that. You can oh, find yeah. out if the dog dies. <laughs> that, that is a thing <laughs> you can do. That's the website. You can ask if the dog <laughs> yeah. dies. Uh, let's go to the next one. Sky Tether. Uh, Sky Tether, also one white mana, but this is an enchantment aura, mm -hmm. enchanted creature. Uh, enchanted creature has defender and loses flying. Right, as we found, we, we tried putting uh, just uh, guard duty in the set, and it was we were having problems with games because they were just like, well, now the flyers are blocked and things are getting mucked up, and so it's like, okay, well, it was just flying too. Mm -hmm. So it's an updated version of that, and especially if you're playing uh, one of your white-based decks, you were going to have a lot of flyers in your deck, because mm -hmm. so like... When you were playing this, for example, in the Afterlife deck, it like your after your your flyers are pretty small, so right. you mm -hmm. were you weren't getting a lot of advantage there, and this really does let you kind of do that. So if you are playing in, in your Orzhov deck, it actually will remove them uh, from, from blocking and let you kind of win win in the skies like your deck's trying to do. A uh, very cool story with this card. Also, um, one of the Bant themes is Defenders Matters, so mm. I actually have put this exact card on a Shark to Crab. <laughs> cool. Sure. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, next card, Sphinx of the Guild Pact. So this is, uh, it's all the colors. It's all Every the colors. Color. Yep. Seven mana, five, three artifact creatures. Five, five. five, five. Five, misread that. Uh, good for seven mana, better be five, five. Mm -hmm. uh, has flying, and it has hexproof from monocolored. Yes. So Sphinx just does not like things that are only. He, he's he's very centered to Ravnica. He's yeah. actually a cool callback to Trans Guild Courier. Right. Also all colors, yeah. which is all colors. Mm -hmm. Right. We did not. We decided not to go with the uh, weird uh, color indicator. That's five colors because that does is un, not legible. <laughs> yeah. But you know th this is that same kind of card. It's yeah. It's a callback to that, and uh, also to kind of some of the stuff that happened uh, last Ravnica. Things cared about you know target creature that doesn't you know, has one or more colors or not one or more colors yeah. and yeah. letting you kind of call back to those kind of cool things. Okay. Yeah, and this is also us just experimenting more with hexproof from subset of ability or subset of mm -hmm. card type or creature. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, and our last preview card for today, Knight of the Last Breath. So this is <gasps> this is also this is, a, this is also a, a big boy. Uh, yeah. Knight of the Last Breath is a creature giant knight for Five colorless or five of any color, a white and a black. It is a four-four. For three mana, you can sacrifice another non-token creature and create a one-one white and black spirit creature token with flying. So it kind of makes afterlife out of yep. whatever. Right. Uh, and then it itself has afterlife three, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is a 
big afterlife number. Yeah. That is the yeah. one of the biggest after. Is it? The I biggest? believe it is the largest in the city. It is the largest the, afterlife yeah. number in the set. That's giant. Yep. It is. It might be three kids in a trench coat. We're not popular. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one of your probably premium Orzov finishers that yeah. really lets you grind. Yeah, it is. Yeah, if you want to play, especially this is really especially good, and uh, if you're going to play like a. Um, white blue black deck where it's a, it's definitely intended to be a little slower mm -hmm. and you're going to go to the late game and you you can have some defenders and some things on the ground and then you can kind of just as the game gets later convert them into flyers so you can actually kill your opponent at that yeah, point right because i know blake you're very prone to not drafting win conditions true right so that, that's not a joke that's actually that's, true that's <laughs> happened that's <laughs> i've decked myself in draft decks where it just yeah it happens uh, uh who needs win conditions the fun is the journey the fun is drawing cards. It's really like Dominaria, right? Because you get a uh, guy's blessing. Like, I, it should be every. I have decked myself with Tatiova so many times in that mm. format. But anyway, <laughs> we have news. We have actual so news. Yeah, news. actual things. So thank you for sticking around. Uh, thank you guys for sticking around. Oh. Also appreciate it. They didn't have a choice. No. Uh, we've got some stuff coming yeah. down the line uh, pretty soon here. One of them very soon. Uh, first of all, a lot of people have been asking, when are Challenger decks coming back? When are they coming back? April 12th. Okay, oh. cool. Yeah. Challenger decks are coming back April 12th. Uh, they will be $29.99 per deck, and we will have more to share. MSRP in North America only. That's MSRP legal. in North America When only. I say yeah. in North America only, referring to MSRP, that means the MSRP only applies to North America. The, that is not only the price in North America. It's a whole it's legal a whole thing. thing. It's a legal thing. Uh, only applies to Available April 12th. We will have more uh, to share, including themes and deck lists later on this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I, I saw those deck lists the other day. They're they're sweet. spicy. Nice. Yep, yeah. definitely worked on by play design. So we took a lot of information from the real world and tried to translate them again into the challenger decks. Yeah, you guys yeah. did a good job. Those some of those decks, I was like, wait, this is just the list <laughs> I just played again. <laughs> okay, there's a slight yeah, difference. It, it is a yeah. great way to get in the standard. Yep. and mm -hmm. we're happy to see them come back. Yep. Uh, next up, so um, we are going to publish an art. We're going to be publishing two articles. Uh, right after this stream is done on the next two things that we're going to talk about. So yes. we're going to talk about them a little bit and then uh, head to dailymtg.com to get all the details. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit here. Uh, we've gotten a lot of card or a lot of questions about arena code cards yes. in pre-release packs. And so uh, the article we will post shortly after this, uh, this afternoon, I believe, is going to detail exactly what those code cards are. So yes. Code cards are in Ravnica Legion's yeah. pre-release packs, Planeswalker decks, and booster packs. So um, for booster packs, it's kind of the same deal as Guilds of Ravnica in that they will have a one code, a universal code, uh, that will be good for, uh, I believe it's three packs of Ravnica Legions. For Guilds of Ravnica. Guilds of Ravnica. Ravnica. It, was, yeah. it was play Ravnica. For Ravnica Legions, it will be a different code. Yes. Um, and then we are also the Planeswalker decks. Same thing. If you purchase a Planeswalker deck, it will come with a code that will let you redeem it for the same Planeswalker deck on MTG Arena. Uh, and then in your Planeswalker... No, uh, pre-release. Pre-release, yeah. thank you. Pre-release kits. Pre-release kits. Uh, you will also get a code again. Now, we're in beta, so we're trying new things and seeing what people like. Uh, this time, that code will redeem for uh, what we're calling now traditional drafts. So the best of three drafts on MTG Arena. You'll be able to redeem that code in the pre-release pack for a uh, Ravnica Allegiance draft on MTG Arena. 
So that is code cards. And again, we will have the article detailing all the like little bits and pieces of that, but that's kind of the, those are the three code cards that are going to be available with Ravnica League. DailyMTG.com. Make sure you visit it after you wrap up watching this. We do have one more piece of news. One uh, more. This is cool. And we're going to show off some cards. We are. Two. Yeah. We're going to show off, uh, in fact, eight cards. And by saying eight, eight I think people may be eight guessing exactly what this is. Eight with Planeswalker cool cards. Art. Yeah. So we are doing Mythic Edition again. For Ravnica Allegiance. Ravnica so Allegiance is going to yeah. have Mythic Edition again. Uh, there are going to be some changes this time. A lot. There are going to be a <laughs> fair number of changes this time, yeah. Again, the article will detail these changes. Yeah. Uh, but we heard a lot of feedback. All of it very valid. Yes. Uh, it didn't go well last time. The no. product itself, very cool. Yeah. A mm -hmm. lot of people enjoyed it. A lot of people wanted it so much they crashed our servers. Uh, so that didn't go well. But... This time we made some changes in response to a lot of the feedback. Um, so the price point staying the same, so $249.99. Uh, that is going to be available on Hasbro's eBay store. So Hasbro has the, the article that uh, is going to go up in about four minutes. We'll, sh we'll have a link to Hasbro's eBay store. It will be sold on Hasbro's eBay store, so it should be a smoother buying experience. Because we'll be using eBay servers. Because we'll be using eBay <laughs> yep. servers. Uh, and additionally, because it's being sold through the eBay store, it means it will be available globally yep. rather than through right. just North America. So, uh, And, uh, Blake, how many how many Mythic Edition Guilds of Ravnica, uh, sorry, Mythic Edition Ravnica Allegiance uh, can people buy? Is there a limit? Two. There's a limit of two. Okay. Yes. Um, so there are going to be more details in that article uh, that has all the little nitty bits. Oh, and also it's going to go on sale on January 24th. That's, that's when the sale will start. Again, head to that article, bookmark it if you're interested. Uh, but let's show you the, yeah. the eight planeswalkers yeah. that are in that set, because that's the coolest part let's of it. Let's do it. So we've got Karn, mm. Scion of Urza. So that is a Dom current, Mario. yeah, that's yep. a standard, standard legal. legal. That's kind of like Teferi was in the last one. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Tamiyo the, the Moon Sage. Sage. Oh, yeah. This is my favorite. Love I just, it. I just want this one. <laughs> The well, if you give me all. the rest of yours, I'll give you Okay, that's how it works. Soren Markov. Soren Markov. Not stuck in a this rock in this particular one. stuck in a rock. Yep. I, w I wish this art had been stuck in a rock, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. The art is great. Jai uh, Ballard. Jai Ballard, also currently standard legal. Next up, we have Ajani, Mentor, Mentor of, Heroes. of Heroes. And then Dak Faden. The greatest that's thief in the multiverse. Spicy. I like that Greatest one. thief yep. in the multiverse. Straight into the cube. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have, so there are two from Ravnica Allegiance. Domri Chaos Bringer is one of them, so that's alternate art. And Kaya Orzov Usurper is the other one. And that's, that's some pretty spooky art as well. Extremely spooky. So you can see those eight images, again, in the article on Daily MTG that will go up in approximately two-ish minutes. Yeah. Um, and then again, you can look for all the details. You can find the link to the Hasbro store and bookmark that for January 24th when that goes on sale. Um, in the meantime, we are just about out of time. So uh, I'm going to tell you about a few things coming up that we have on Weekly MTG. Yeah, because we got a packed month. We really January. do. Yeah. Uh, so next week, we're going to have Gavin Verhey on the show. And we're going to do kind of a live pre-release primer. We did this last time. Uh, this is intended for newer players. 
uh, players who haven't been to a pre-release before, who aren't really sure um, about how to build and seal, so, sealed. Um, so if that's not you, point your friends to it, or um, you know you can stop by and offer advice and chat. Whatever, come hang out. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about what pre-releases are, what's special about the Ravnica Allegiance pre-release, uh, and then we'll also build a sealed deck on uh, MTG Arena because Arena releases sealed on the 17th. Uh, the week after that, uh, we're going to have some Magic Pro League players in the building. Yeah. So um, all the Magic Pro League players are going to be in the building for some training and some help setting up their streams yeah. and, and some other stuff. Uh, and so we're going to grab a couple of them, bring them into the studio. Haven't figured out who yet, but a couple of them. We'll come in here and we'll talk about uh, the whole MPL experience. And this year, um, you guys will be able to ask some questions of them. It'll be great. Speaking of questions. Speaking of questions, on January 31st, this is going to be a fun show. Yeah. Uh, the professor of Tolarian Community College fame, I see yeah. Sam's face, is going to come I'm, in the I'm studio. I'm not going to be not getting grilled by him. No. He's yeah. going to he's going to come in here and he's going to ask Steve and I a bunch of questions. So yep. basically the theme of the show is uh, myths and truths about Wizards of the Coast. So does Mark Rosewater in fact do everything? No, no. You can't uh, hear him from every, uh, any corner of the building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Prof's, Prof's going to come up with some questions. He's going to ask us. If you have questions that you would like to ask us about the inner workings of Wizards of the Coast or the way our minds work or what we're thinking about different formats or, or anything, if you want to put on your shiniest tinfoil hat and ask us a conspiracy theory, ask away. We'll deny things. We'll confirm things. Uh, it'll be it'll be a party, but yeah. Prof's gonna the, come the on. The best people to ask. The yeah. Best, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, Prof's gonna come on on January thirty first. Um, we've got some great stuff lined up in February too that I'm not gonna talk about yet. Uh, but in the meantime, Kenji Ishira is gonna be streaming shortly after this. So I want to thank Andrew Brown, Sam Stoddard for coming on, telling us all about Ravnica Allegiance, which is out January twenty fifth. Pre releases start uh, next weekend. But you can get an early preview with the pre-pre-release from Loading Ready Run, which will start tomorrow. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Gavin, who's going to be here next week, will be on that show. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on Daily MTG if you want to check out some of that news that we just talked about. Otherwise, uh, we'll see everybody later. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Bye.